Welcome to the Buddhism Guide podcast. My name is Yeshi Rabgay, and this episode is called The Mangala Sutra, Part 11. This podcast is free and independent due to member support, and thank you to everyone who supports the show. If you're interested in supporting my work, you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash Buddhism Guide. And if you'd like to see more of my content, please visit my website, yeshirabge.com. In this episode, I'll be talking about defilement. So let's get started. In the dictionary, defilement means a state of being polluted. And that's what we're talking about here. Our minds are being polluted. So, what is polluting our minds? It's a destructive mental state. And these are what we need to remove so we can free our minds. You don't have to study Buddha's teachings for very long to understand that the very heart of his teachings centre around the mind. Sometimes the essence of his teachings is reduced to three points. Help everyone. If you can't help, at least don't harm them. And calm your mind. These three points form a graded sequence of steps that leads you from an external practice to the essential internal practice. If we want to reduce our suffering, we can't do it just by knowledge and meditation alone. We need to live a responsible life by understanding that we don't live in a vacuum and our actions influence others and their actions have an effect on us. We should look upon Buddha's teachings as a bird. On one wing, there's ethics, and on the other, there is calming of the mind. The bird can't fly with just one wing, and likewise, we can't reduce our suffering with only one part of the teachings. This is what Buddha said to his monks in the Sutra regarding defilements of the mind. Monks, Suppose a cloth was stained and dirty, and a dyer dipped it in some dye or other, whether blue or yellow or red or pink. It would take the dye badly and be impure in colour. And why is that? Because the cloth was not clean. So too, monks, when the mind is defiled, an unhappy destination may be expected. Monks, suppose a cloth was clean and bright, and a dyer dipped it in some dye or other, whether blue or yellow or red or pink. It would take the dye well, and be pure in colour. And why is that? Because the cloth was clean. So too, monks, when the mind is undefiled, a happy destination may be expected. Why is the simile of a soiled piece of cloth used in this discourse? It's because the cloth is naturally pure. It's possible to remove the dirt by washing it, as it's not permanently stained by the dirt. The same can be said for our minds. The defilements have not permanently stained our minds. 
they have just temporarily polluted it. The defilements can be cleansed, but as with cleaning the cloth, it will take effort on our part. However, before we can start cleansing our minds, we have to first understand that our minds are defiled, and Buddha stated this, Luminous is the mind, and it is defiled by incoming defilements. The uninstructed, run-of-the-mill person doesn't discern that as it actually is present, which is why I tell you that for the uninstructed, run-of-the-mill person there is no development of the mind. Luminous is the mind, and it is freed from incoming defilements. The well-instructed disciple of Buddha discerns that as it actually is present, which is why I tell you that for the well-instructed disciple of Buddha there is development of the mind. Before I talk about what the defilements are, I must point out that we're not trying to stop the defilements from arising. I believe this is not possible or even desirable. We're also not trying to repress them, as that again will not be desirable. What we're aiming at here is being aware of the defilements when they arise and having a strategy to deal with them, and I'll talk more about that later. Depending on what book you're reading, defilements can range from 3 to 108. The three defilements are known as the base defilements and are clinging desire, anger and aversion, and unawareness. These are the three poisons. What I want to go through here are the ten defilements. These form the basis for all the other defilements. So briefly, the ten are clinging desire, holding on to sensual objects, thinking they're going to bring us permanent happiness. Anger and aversion, getting thoughts of hatred towards others and discriminating against certain people and material things. Unawareness, not understanding the concepts of impermanence, non-self and causing conditions. Conceit, believing yourself to be better than others. Wrong views, thinking things are permanent, there is a solid and lasting self, and believing whatever you do will not have any consequences. Doubt, when something doesn't seem to agree with your experiences. Torpor, inactivity resulting from lethargy and lack of vigour or energy. Restlessness, when your mind is hopping about like a demented frog and can't settle on anything. Shamelessness, behaviour marked by a bold defiance of what is considered right and proper. Recklessness, the trait of giving little thought to danger towards yourself or others. The defilements arise in our mind, and if we want to reduce our suffering, we need to focus our work on the mind, as these unhelpful mental states 
run beneath the surface of our stream of consciousness. We have to exert a sustained effort to be aware of them when they start to arise. The process of becoming aware of the defilement starts with self-understanding, and we can do this in the daily reflection session. Before we can work on the defilements, we must first learn to know them, to notice them at work, penetrating and influencing our day-to-day -day thoughts and lives. In today's world, we strive for instant results, but this is not possible with defilements. It takes patience, time and perseverance. We have to systematically understand each defilement, what the consequences of them are, and then work out a strategy where we can let them be without engaging with them. Luckily, there are antidotes for each of these defilements, and I have listed some below. But it has to be noted that different things will work for different people. So this is just a list of suggestions. Clinging Desire See that everything is impermanent, and so a happiness with the sense object is not going to last. If we love someone and we get attached to them, when they move on, we suffer. Just enjoy your time with the person while you can, but understand that one day it will come to an end. Anger and Aversion When we let anger and aversion arise, they lead us into inappropriate speech and action. We must understand that in these states of mind, nobody wins. It's better to walk away and not let yourself get involved in the situation. Unawareness We have to study and reflect so that we understand the concepts of impermanence, non-self and causing conditions. It's no good just intellectually knowing these three key concepts. We must reflect on them, implement them, so they become part of our lives. Conceit If we believe ourselves to be better than others, we're going to lack compassion, as we'll not care for what the others think or feel. We're actually denying others their opinions, because we believe our opinions are more valid. We'll also not be making ourselves very popular, as conceit is not a good trait to have. So, listen to others with an open mind and welcome their point of view. This way, we'll not become conceited. Wrong Views First, if we see things as permanent, we'll suffer when they change, so understanding that all things are impermanent. Second, if we think we have a solid and permanent self, we'll waste our time and money on pampering it and trying to reinforce this sense of self. This will make us suffer when we become old and sick. See that this body is just a vehicle to carry us through this life. It's made up of innumerable parts, and so it's impermanent. Whatever we experience in this world is not through a solid self, but through the five aggregates, which are form, feeling, 
conception, action and consciousness. Finally, we need to see that any action we take is going to have a consequence. This will steer us towards helpful actions and away from harmful ones. Doubt This can really eat at us if we don't resolve it satisfactorily. When doubt arises, ask questions, reflect on it, look in books or on the internet for answers. Whatever is best for you. But don't just leave it, as it will grow and eventually become a real obstacles. Torpor When we allow this to take hold, we become lazy and we can't be bothered with anything. If we start to feel like this, take a walk, splash water on your face, have a break. Again, it's for you to see what works best, but don't just follow the torpor or you'll end up like a couch potato. Restlessness Usually, we get restless when our minds are stuck in the past or drifting off to the future. It may be caused by stress or anxiety. The best thing to do is a breathing or body scan meditation. This will relax you and bring you back into the present. Shamelessness This behaviour shows that you really don't care for yourself. It could be that you have low self-confidence or have reached a low point in your life. If you leave this unchecked, it could lead to an addiction such as alcohol or drugs. You need to look at the cause of these feelings of self-worth. You may need to seek professional help here, such as a therapist. Recklessness When our thoughts are of a reckless nature, our actions will also be the same. This is dangerous for you and those around you. As with the defilement above, you really need to find the root cause of this behaviour. Having compassion for others will help here, as you'll be able to see that your actions may bring harm to them. During a daily reflection practice, look at the situation where our defilement arose. See what caused the situation to arise. After a while, you'll begin to see patterns emerge. Certain defilements associate themselves with certain situations. Armed with this information, you'll be able to apply the appropriate antidote. What we're aiming at is to be able to spot the defilements when they arise and deal with them. As I said before, we're not ever going to stop them and we shouldn't try to repress them. Just spot them and apply the antidote. If you're not aware of the defilements, they will arise and we'll unwittingly follow them. So remember what I spoke about all the way through this series on the Mangala Sutra. First, we think, then we act. Keeping this in mind is the key to reducing our suffering. That's it for this episode. I hope you found it of some benefit. And don't forget to check out my website, yeshirabge.com. So until the next time, bye for now.